Today is 18 June. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Need free stuff? California's calling. Matt and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, uh, apparently it's Father's Day today. I walked into the, uh, I walked into the uh, church this morning and there was something shoved through the slot. We got a slot that's about this big. You can't get much through there, but there was something uh, shoved through the slot with a uh, uh, envelope and I recognized the handwriting as my son's handwriting. And in the box was a 50 caliber bullet. And so that means my son has bought me a 50 caliber rifle. Okay, that's not true. It's a can opener. So I got a 50 caliber can opener. But at first I thought he's going to give me a, like an $8,000 gun. And he's going to buy bullets for it too forever. And they're like, what, five bucks a shot or something? Eight bucks, whatever they are. But I got a 50 caliber can opener. So I want to thank my son for that. Okay. That sounds more like it. Okay, we got some news from Israel. From the Times of Israel, Germany advancing planned purchase of Israel's Arrow 3 for $4.3 billion. According to the report, citing German finance ministry procurement documents, German lawmakers will be asked to release advance payments of up to $600 million next week in order to secure a government-to-government deal with Israel of the Arrow 3 system at the end of the year. The Arrow 3 is currently Israel's most advanced long-range missile defense system, meant to intercept ballistic missiles while they're still outside of Earth's atmosphere taking out projectiles and their nuclear, biological, chemical, or conventional warheads closer to their launch sites. Germany has sought to purchase the Aero 3 system from Israel for more than a year now. It came up in a meeting in April between Netanyahu and Chancellor Schultz. Should the deal fail, Germany would lose all or part of its advanced payments. The money would be used to compensate Israel. Germany has been seeking to bolster defenses amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So that's good stuff for Israel. From the Times of Israel, Israeli built aerial warning system set to be deployed in Ukraine by September. Ukrainian and Israeli officials are meeting this week in Poland to work on the system, which is slated to be first deployed in Kiev before expanding to other cities. From the Jerusalem Post, on the brink, unpacking Israel's unilateral strike threat against Iran. Prime Minister Netanyahu repeated his threats against Iran during a cabinet meeting held as a part of national war drill. The reality in our region is changing rapidly. We are not stagnating. We are adapting our combat doctrine and our possibilities for action in keeping with these changes. We are committed to acting against the Iranian nuclear program, against missile attacks, and against what we call multi-front campaign. The statement came hours after the prime minister accused the IAEA of capitulation to Iran. Last week, which is about a week and a half ago now, the IAEA closed a case investigating heavily enriched uranium particles that had been discovered in Iran. The agency reported that it received a satisfactory answer explaining the presence of the particles, which had been enriched to 83.7%. 
worryingly close to 90% needed to produce a nuclear weapon. Netanyahu characterized the agency's decision as political, criticizing the IAEA for failing to confront the Islamic Republic. For years, Israel's been carefully watching as Iran makes headway toward nuclear capacity. Iran cannot be prevented from acquiring nuclear weapons. It can only be delayed. Israel's hesitance to take serious action against Iran could be attributed to the apparent inevitability of Iran's nuclear capability, as well as the complexities associated with any preemptive strike. And when they say complexities, they now have one facility that is so far buried in the ground that they do not believe any bunker buster can affect it. I suppose you could go in with a couple of uh, tunnel busters and uh, blast the tunnel into it, and then, uh, you know keep it closed for a while, but that's about all you're going to be able to do with that. From the Times of Israel, the best party. It just makes me furious to read these things. Over 150,000 march in Tel Aviv's 25th annual Pride Parade. Okay, we got some news concerning Christianity. Before I give you our first article, I told you a while ago about BibleScribe.com. Okay, that's a uh, uh, typing app that Sergio, our friend Sergio, developed, and uh, he has added in some more Bible versions. He only had a couple when he started. He's made some changes to it. Um, He said that he started typing at 90 words per minute consistently. He could type about 110, but uh, consistently at 90 words per minute and averages now at 130 words per minute. That's a 50% increase after 30 days, okay? Now, I saw him one day do 150 words a minute. I've been typing since I was in ninth grade, and I can type 30 words a minute with about 27 mistakes. So, uh, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, go Charlie. I'm not quite sure how you do something like that, but apparently if you are geared to that type of thing, this app will definitely help you to type. I found what I was going to do was use the app as instead of reading the Bible in the morning, I was going to type the Bible, and that would be another way of assimilating the Bible. I found that I was so stressed by the end of three chapters that I really couldn't function for about an hour afterward. I was like this, so I I gave up. I, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. I enjoy reading the Bible. I listen to the Bible. I just finished Revelation in the car yesterday and put Genesis right back in. So I like doing that. I've uh, been through the Bible hundreds of times, but I cannot type the Bible. So we're just going to let that one go. But if you want to give it a shot and you want to increase from 90 words a minute to 130 words per minute like Sergio did, please do. That's BibleScribe, B-I-B-L-E-S-C-R-Y-B-E.com. Okay, from the Gateway Pundit. Christian man. Now, uh, don't get panicky if you already know what happened, but I'm going to read the first article anyway. Christian man arrested for reciting Bible verse at Pride event in Pennsylvania. Damon Atkins walked up to a public sidewalk just across the street from City Hall, holding a slogan that says, Jesus said, go and sin no more. Sergeant Bradley T. McClure approached Atkins to intervene and prevent him from reciting the Bible verse, emphasizing respect for the LGBTQ plus community's pride rally. Atkins responded by asserting his right to freely express himself, citing the fact that they were in a public space. Atkins continued and chose to read from 1 Corinthians 14.33. 
However, before he could finish reading, and this is all on film, he didn't do anything aggressive. He did nothing wrong. Before he could finish reading the verse, McClure rushed toward Atkins and placed him under arrest. It took less than 60 seconds for Atkins to be placed in handcuffs. Now, I want you to know that if you are in public in the United States of America on public property, and this does not apply to state capitals, they are reserved, and so you have to apply for permission to speak on state capitals. But if you are on any public land, any sidewalk in America, you can say anything that you want about your religious faith. You can read from the Bible. You can do whatever you want in that regard, and they cannot say anything to you. They cannot arrest you. They cannot tell you to leave. Now, you cannot magnify your voice. If you have a uh, loudspeaker or something, you need to get a permit for that in most locations. But you have a full right under the First Amendment of the United States of America to speak what you want to speak in public. This person denied him that right. From the Lancaster Patriot, charges dropped against Pennsylvania man arrested for public preaching. Now, it's what the left does. The left will stop you from doing something and then afterward apologize like they did with those children in the um, rotunda of the Capitol a few weeks ago. It's too late when it's over. Right. You have lost your right to express your freedom to speech, and they know that. What I recommend to you is if you ever do this, and I'm talking to anybody that listens to this, and you are arrested or hindered from speaking freely, you sue the yes. entity that has done that to you. You have full right, and I hope to see, I haven't seen it yet, but I hope to see the ADF challenge this in court and this person get restitution for what has happened to him. Now, some Christians will say, well, you know, you shouldn't be suing people. That is nonsense. You can sue, you are not to sue another Christian. But you can sue anybody for anything, anytime you want, and twice on Saturday in the United States of America. So this person had his rights denied. He was embarrassed. He was arrested. It was all on tape, and he needs to sue for restitution. And I recommend that you go out and you speak your piece wherever you want, and if you are hindered, you bring charges against the people that did that to you. That's what I recommend. Yeah, that's right. If it went the other way, it would be a hate crime. So let's let's play fair here. From the Christian Post, Seoul Stadium overflows for 50th anniversary of Billy Graham's historic crusade. A crowd of about 70,000 people overflowed the Seoul World Cup Stadium as Franklin Graham, president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, gave a passionate sermon on the 50th anniversary of his father, Billy Graham's historic outreach in Seoul. Graham's address occurred on a significant day, mirroring an event that drew 1.1 million people to Yoido Plaza on June 3rd, 1973. It's the biggest evangelistic crusade, I believe, in history. Brazil had one in a stadium, but this was so big that it took up an entire plaza. Okay, known as Billy Graham's largest crusade, attendees predominantly made the journey on foot showing an extraordinary devotion and eagerness to engage with the spiritual message. The event was attended well by the stadium's capacity. Thousands made life-changing decisions for Christ. Now, you can't say, you can't compare 1.1 million with 70,000 and say, well, he's not doing the same thing because many, many people watched on TV, which they now have. 
When Billy Graham was there 50 years ago, they didn't even have toilets, much less TVs. Okay, it was a, a very primitive at the time. I was there in the 80s, and it was very primitive. Okay, I was in Japan for six years. I went to Seoul for a day. I was supposed to go for three, and I decided to go back to Japan because it was just kind of primitive. All right, so my friend and I flew back, but. Um, he had people on TV that made decisions. He had people in the uh, uh, stadium that made decisions. And my hat is off to him for doing that. But uh, the word is still getting out. It's uh, still going forth, even if it's dying out in America. Okay, from American Military News, more than half of U.S. churches have armed church members trained for active shooter. According to the Washington Times, the survey of Protestant pastors indicated that 57% of pastors confirm an intentional plan for an active shooter situation, okay, as the most cited option for security. To that end, 81% of churches have at least one security measure in place, while 54% employ armed congregants in security measures. Only 21% maintained a no firearms policy for church buildings. That 21% is not thinking clearly. That's all there is to it. I had somebody one time chastise me because we don't fight our weapons, blah, 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 taking verses completely out of context. People don't care about your context or out of context verses. They care about killing you. All right? If you are a church or you attend a church, you should make sure that you are defended in that church. 20% 20% revealed their armed private security details on site, while another 5% said uniformed officers are present during worship services. Scott McConnell, executive director of Lifeway Research, views the security measures as necessary and not in contradiction to Christian tenets. I don't know how anybody could think that, but you do find people that make those stands, and they are incorrect. Churches are not immune to violence, disputes, domestic disagreements, vandalism, and burglary. While loving one another is a core Christian teaching, churchgoers still sin. And non-churchgoers are invited and welcomed. So real security threats exist, whether a congregation wants to acknowledge them or not. Many individuals feel that controversy regarding religious beliefs dictates a need for additional security. According to the Law Enforcement Bulletin, the rise in church security has created an opportunity for places of worship to contract off-duty police officers. Stillwater, Oklahoma, for example, allows officers to be contracted at a rate of $50 per hour. That's not very much if you have a two-hour church service. Most local police organizations that allow officers to contract out as security typically enforce strict non-discriminatory service guidelines, as well as voluntary status for officers who wish to serve during off-duty hours. They can't say you're a black church, I'm not going. They can't say you're a white church and I'm not going. They have strict limits and these people are allowed to do this. And if you uh, are in a church and you don't have somebody that has a gun handy, you should probably contract a police officer that is aware of the situation. Now, in this church, we have a 50 caliber uh, bullet that will take care of them. So we don't have to worry about that. But uh, just very propitious that we had this because until today, I was really worried about our security at this church. But we're safe now. All right, from the AP. Can a chatbot preach a good sermon? Hundreds attend church service generated by ChatGPT to find out. 
The AI chatbot asked the believers in the fully packed St. Paul's Church in the Bavarian town of Furth to rise from the pews and praise the Lord. This is a chatbot speaking. The entire thing was done by a chat. The chatbot personified by an avatar of a bearded black man on a huge screen above the altar then began preaching to the more than 300 people who had shown up for an experimental Lutheran church service almost entirely generated by AI. Dear friends, it's an honor for me to stand here and preach to you as the first AI at this year's convention of Protestants in Germany, the avatar said with an expressionless face and monotonous voice. Indeed, the believers in the church listened attentively as the artificial intelligence preached about leaving the past behind, focusing on the challenges of the present, overcoming fear of death, and never losing trust in Jesus Christ. People can't write their own sermons anymore. Uh, well, I will tell you, I have a friend and he had somebody that was annoying him by email. He was this guy in a cult that's, you know, just sending him these annoying emails. And my friend just kept going to the AI chat and it was generating responses. And they were really good responses. Then he'd send it off and the guy kept coming back. You're not following the spirit. And I went to him and I said, you know, that's kind of true, but it was citing Bible verses. So if this is written by the spirit, then it was actually following the spirit, even if he wasn't doing it. But, and they were actually in context too. It was very well done. I need these from a dispensational model, demonstrating that the law is fulfilled, et cetera, et cetera. And this thing actually pulled it out. There were a few things I had to amend before he sent them on to this guy. But for the most part, it was pretty well done. I would not do that to you, okay? I'm not going to give you a chat GPT sermon ever, but whatever. Okay, from Vice. This new church wants you to get high with synthetic toad venom. The I know it's not a Christian church, but I had to put it somewhere. The army vets behind the church of Silomethoxen have a unique sacrament, one that involves a drug derived from shrooms and a poisonous amphibian. You talk about revelation and the word pharmakia, the, that, is, that is the epitome of it right there. They're mixing drugs with religion, and that is what we call sorcery, okay, pharmakia. So from the Christian headlines, Oklahoma softball players, anybody read this? Didn't make all the news services, but it should have made the headline of every one of them. The entire Oklahoma softball players praise Jesus for their joy, freedom ahead of College World Series win. They gave total credit to it. They had them on ESPN, and all they did during the ESPN interview was talk about Jesus. It was marvelous. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. I'm sure ESPN just loved that, too. Was that a girls' team? It was a girls' team, correct. From the Washington Post, Saudi crown prince threatened major economic pain on the United States amid oil feud. Last fall, Biden vowed to impose consequences on Saudi Arabia for its decision to slash oil production amid high energy prices and fast approaching elections in the United States. In public, the Saudi government defended its actions politely via diplomatic statements. But in private, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman threatened to fundamentally alter the decades-old U.S.-Saudi relationship and impose significant economic costs on the United States if it retaliated against the oil cuts. The Crown Prince claimed he will not deal with the U.S. admin anymore. 
the document says, promising major economic consequences for Washington. Eight months later, Biden has yet to impose consequences on the Arab country, and Mohammed has continued to engage with top officials, as he did with Secretary of State Blinked Out in the seaside Saudi city of Jeddah last week. It is unclear whether the Crown Prince's threat was conveyed directly to U.S. officials or intercepted through electronic eavesdropping, but his dramatic outburst reveals the tension at the heart of a relationship long premised on oil for security, but rapidly evolving as China takes a growing interest in the Mideast and the U.S. assesses its own interests as the world's largest oil producer. Biden is a man that knows how to put his foot right in his mouth Unfortunately, he, the media is so sold out to the progressive agenda that they would never report this type of thing. But we have a totally incompetent person in the White House right now. He is as brain dead as he could be, and he is truly a criminal. I don't know if you've been following the past week of what's been going on, but he is – I'm sure nothing is going to be done about it, but he ought to be in prison right now, and he ought to be there for the rest of his life. From the Al Jemainer. Sarah Idan, former Miss Iraq and ardent Zionist, runs for Congress to be, it ain't going to happen here, to be voice of reason in the Democrat Party. The L.A. resident and founder of the nonprofit bipartisan organization Humanity Forward will be running as a Democrat for a position in Congress currently held by Shifty Schiff, who is vacating the seat to run for the Senate in 2024. If she wins, she will be the first Iraqi female immigrant and secular Muslim Zionist in history to be elected to Congress. Now explain that one to me. Secular Muslim? That doesn't make any sense at all. Okay, from Fox, Muslim community waking up to unholy alliance with Democrat Party amid battle over parental rights. Parents everywhere, from the Muslim community to the Asian community, the Armenian American community in California, are recognizing that their children are in the crosshairs of this woke army, and they don't want to have any part of it. These woke activists have stirred the mama bears and the papa bears in our Muslim community in a way that is irreversible. This is going to be the wedge issue of 2024 because they are now coming after the children. At a protest organized by Family Rights for Religious Freedom, hundreds of parents protested a change to the curriculum no longer allowing parents to opt their children out of sexual and gender identity lessons based on religious beliefs. In March, the Montgomery County public school system revised its parental notification policy, which meant that parents were no longer informed in advance of the books being read in class and opting out of lessons were not allowed anymore. I was in awe. About 250 Muslim parents were united with fellow parents from the Christian and Jewish community to take a philosophical stand protecting parental rights in America. When you have a common enemy of the people who are coming after your children, you unite. This is a united interfaith effort that I felt really good about. Counter-protesters also attended the rally and shouted down parents and accused them of aiding white supremacy. Okay, I don't know if you saw up in Hamtrak, I know I pronounced that wrong, but up in uh, Michigan, that town that used to be all Polish and it is now all Muslim. Uh, This past week, the all Muslim council voted that there will be no political flags at all in their community and they said we will stand only for the flag of the United States of America. The Muslims 
are more American than the Democrat Party of the United States of America. That's how bad it's gotten up there. Reuters. Pakistan paid in Chinese currency for discounted Russian oil, says their minister. Pakistan paid for its first government-to-government -government import of discounted Russian crude oil in Chinese currency, a significant shift in the U.S. dollar-dominated export payments policy. Discounted crude offers a respite as Pakistan faces an economic crisis with an acute balance of payments problem, risking a default on its external debt. The foreign exchange reserves held by the central bank are scarcely enough to cover a month of controlled imports. Pakistan's purchase gives Moscow a new outlet to add to growing sales to India and China as it redirects oil from Western markets because of the Ukraine conflict. Despite being a long-standing Western ally and the arch-rival of neighboring India, which historically is closer to Moscow, analysts say the crude deal also presents a new avenue for Pakistan at a time when its financing needs are great. We are losing the hegemony in the oil industry. It used to be all oil in the world was traded in U.S. dollars only. That is rapidly changing. And when that happens, America can, we might as well just going out of business on the front door. Okay, Spe that's the plan. Speaking of uh, Pakistan, I, our mangoes are ripe. Our, did you bring some? Anybody here that wants mangoes, please go get them yes. at halftime, all right? And uh, do not leave the mangoes in a plastic bag. If you do, they'll ferment and they'll go bad. If you want them to ripen quickly, put them in a brown paper bag, okay, and they'll ripen, or put them on the shelf and they'll be fine. Once they're ripe, you can put them in the fridge and they'll last for a good 10 days. They're the sweetest mangoes on the planet. The reason why I bring this up is because yesterday, a Pakistani came to my house. First one ever from Pakistan. We've had people from every country, except probably North Korea, come to buy mangoes. <laughs> A Pakistani came yesterday and he said, I love mangoes. He said, we had them when I was growing up in Pakistan. I didn't know they had them there, but yes, they're close to India. And so in parts of Pakistan, it stays warm enough where they can grow mangoes. So speaking of mangoes, today, if you get the question for the sermon, you get a big mango. This is the biggest one yet off the tree. Okay. Now, now that it has rained, as of last night, we're going to have some that are bigger. And if we do, I'll bring you a bigger one. And we'll have another uh, question, sermon question, in a week or two. But this is the biggest one off the tree yet. And so if you win the question, you will get this mango. Okay. Is it pomegranates? Uh, no pomegranates. No, that's not the answer. Okay. So um, let's see. We got uh, something interesting from Mongolia. From Safeguard Defenders. Chinese police, this sounds like a um, thriller movie, okay? Chinese police kidnaps writer in Mongolia. Last month, Chinese police descended on the home of a historian and activist and arrested him. Such arrests are commonplace in the authoritarian country, but his capture did not happen on Chinese soil. It took place in a foreign country, Mongolia. Chinese police arrived at his apartment in Ulaanbaatar and forcibly took the 80-year-old back to China. A week before his disappearance, he had contacted Southern Mongolia Human Rights Information Center, a U.S.-based rights NGO working on Mongolian rights in China, to say that Chinese authorities had been harassing his family back home in an effort to get him to return to China. Then they were threatening to bring his daughter to Mongolia to force him to go back. This underreported story of a transnational kidnapping event exposes how easily the CCP is able to silence activists living outside of its borders. Yeah. Amazing. 
The what? Yeah, where are the Mongolian police? They probably don't have a police force. It's kind of a poor country, but uh, that was uh, asked by a young Chinese girl from the Hong family. Wonderful. So wonderful to have you visiting today. So good to have you here. I just couldn't believe it when I read that. They are actually black bagging people in other countries and bringing them back to China. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From the SCMP South China Morning Post, Chinese quantum computer is 180 million times faster on AI-related tasks. I think they have an advantage here. The problem solved by their quantum computer could be applied to data mining, biological information, network analyses, and chemical modeling research. In the experiment, the team used, I can't pronounce it, Jiu Zong, I guess, to solve a problem that is challenging for classical computers. It is more than 200,000 samples to solve the problem. The researchers for the first time used the quantum computer to implement and accelerate two algorithms, random search and simulated annealing, that are commonly used in the field of AI. The fastest classical supercomputer in the world would take 700 seconds for each sample. There's 200,000 samples. It'll take 700 seconds for each sample, meaning it would take nearly five years to process the same number of samples. It took Jiu Zong less than a second, a second. In a synopsis article published by Physics, the editor wrote, the result extends the list of tasks for which today's noisy quantum computers offer an advantage over classical computers. Previous claims of quantum advantage were challenged by suggestions that the quantum computer was not competing against the best possible classic algorithm for the task, the article said. Whether the team's quantum processor will still yield an advantage over classical algorithms optimized for solving graph problems is an open question. In traditional computing, a bit represents either zero or one as its basic unit of information. A qubit goes a step further. It can represent zero, one, or both at the same time. One of the simplest expressions of the peculiarity of quantum mechanics. Since the basic information of a quantum computer can represent all possibilities simultaneously, they are theoretically much faster and more powerful than the regular computers we use in our daily lives. But the subatomic particles at the heart of the technology are fragile, short-lived, and prone to error if exposed to even a slight disturbance from the surroundings. Most quantum computers operate in extremely cold and isolated environments to avoid disruption. Zhu Zong, named after a 2,000-year-old Chinese mass text, uses light as the physical medium for calculation. Unlike other quantum computers, it does not need to work sealed in extremely low temperatures and can operate with stability for longer. So they've taken care of that problem by using light. They can do what would take the greatest supercomputer in the world five and a half years, and they can do it in less than a second. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From Zero Hedge, more than 100 young children suffered seizures after COVID vaccine. 104 children under six years old suffered a seizure within 42 days of a COVID-19 shot, researchers with the CDC and other institutions found. Others suffered strokes, blood clotting disorders, and 
appendicitis. They analyzed health records from the Vaccine Safety Data Link, a CDC-funded network that features sites operated by Kaiser Permanente, Marshfield Clinic, Health Partners, and Denver Health. The researchers examined events that fit one or more of 23 pre-specified outcomes, including seizures and myocarditis, a form of heart inflammation. Following messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccination, children were studied if they received a vaccine dose from June 18th, 2022 to March 18th, 2023. 247,011 doses were administered to children under six during that time. Researchers examined the events that occurred within 42 days of vaccination. The FDA first authorized Pfizer's vaccine for children younger than five and Moderna's vaccine for children younger than six on 17 June 22, despite efficacy estimates against infection being substandard or unreliable and there being no or negative evidence of protection against severe disease. So they approved it without any of that. And then they had all of those 104 children that were reported. The other ones we don't know about, but just so you know, that's right from the CDC. Zero Hedge. Japan begins secretly releasing irradiated water from Fukushima disaster into the ocean. TEPCO started releasing irradiated seawater into an underwater tunnel that has been built to release Fukushima nuclear contaminated water into the sea. So it hasn't gone into the sea, only into the tunnel at this time. The process was carried out secretly because Japan's unilateral decision of dumping more than 1.3 million metric tons of treated but still radioactive water into the ocean provoked consistent protests from neighboring countries. You think? such as China, Pacific Island communities, and civil society groups in the most affected prefectures, such as Fukushima, Iwate, and Miyagi. Under Japan's plan, once filled with seawater, the tunnel, which was completed this April, will guide contaminated water from the crippled Fukushima Daiichi power plant to a point about one kilometer offshore. And now, the whole release system is almost complete except for a reservoir that will store those contaminated water before its release. TEPCO said before that, all construction work will be done by the end of this month. If it's done, the release would be sufficient to fill about 500 Olympic-sized swimming pools, and the water has been used to cool highly radioactive damaged reactor cores as the massive earthquake and tsunami destroyed the Fukushima plant's cooling systems, triggering the meltdown of three reactors and the release of large amounts of radiation. Bad stuff. And then from the Superior Word News Services. Everybody ready for this? It's 18 June. You've got three days to live. All right. Listen to this. 21 June is the end of the world, according to Greta the Grinch, on 21 June of 2018. She said in five years, the world will not survive unless we act now. And the world still has an act. And if it doesn't happen in three days, I recommend that she be given the Old Testament prophet's penalty. Yes. Keep watch. Three more days you've got. And after that, it's all over. <laughs> Morality is declining. Mail online. Trust the science? Prestigious John Hopkins University erases women from woke new inclusive language guide that describes lesbians 
as non-men attracted to non-men. But it still refers to male gays as men. So they've completely got rid of women. Completely. Remember, you know, when I was, I, I was back from the military, so it hasn't been that long, the Democrat Party, what about the children? And Schumer up there, they're killing our children. They're ki and then all of a sudden it was, what about the women? They're being erased. It's always the left that does these things. Kill the women, kill the babies, erase the women. And yet here we are. Gateway Pundit, Wisconsin County poised to pass four part resolution to become nation's first sex reassignment sanctuary for trans and non-binary children so they can be transitioned without parental consent. Any child that wants to go to Wisconsin can do this and they will not inform the parents. Breitbart, California bill seeks to cover surrogacy costs for gay and lesbian couples. I bet you they don't do it for normal couples. Gateway Pundit, parents furious over math teachers use of threats and coercion to make students watch LGBT video. She made them do it. Protestia, Canadian euthanasia, here it is, soars more than 35%, and it now represents 4.2% of all deaths in Canada. Wow. Euthanasia. Wow. It will only be in the most extreme cases. I remember reading that here before you, and I said, watch how quick that's going to change. Or, uh, we got some other news for you here from Zero Hedge. California advances bill to help shoplifters steal. SB 553 requires employers to maintain violent incident logs, provide active shooter and shoplifter training, and to discard policies requiring workers to confront suspected active shoplifters. According to Cortese, the bill is intended to help employers keep employees safe at work. According to the CRA, the bill will apply to all industries, not just retail, if passed. It will open the doors even wider for people to come in and steal from our stores. According to the CRA, most retailers already prohibit regular employees from approaching someone who is shoplifting, you not to approach them. These situations are handled by employees specially trained in theft prevention instead. If employees trained in theft deterrence are not allowed to do their job per the bill, what does that mean? We are opening up the door to allow people to walk into stores, steal, and walk out. According to a position letter from California COC, the bill takes a regulation written for hospitals related to workplace violence and applies it to all workplaces, regardless of size of resources. It does not change the realities around workplace violence, namely that it is a criminal matter that employers are not well equipped to prevent. It is unclear whether SB 553 applies to security guards. So they don't know if it applies to security guards, but anybody can walk into any facility, any facility, not just retail, and steal anything, and no person can say no. No person can accost the person or try to stop him. Tell me that's not bad news. Here's what that means. That is legalizing stealing. And I said this a while ago. I'll say it now with even more force. I think that every person, every person in California should no longer pay for anything. They have legalized stealing, so you go in and you take everything, and after a week, when they are not getting any tax revenue yes. at all, yes. they will change this policy. Yes. And until they do, the people in California will continue 
to be funding criminals. I would walk in and take every single thing I needed for shopping that week and go home. They've legalized it. It is no longer illegal. From Fox, California man who pummeled, shot at female deputy found not guilty despite video of attack. A California man who was caught on video pummeling a sheriff's deputy and shooting her with her own gun in 2019 was found not guilty of attempted murder and other charges by a jury with the victim saying the decision sets a bad precedent for law enforcement. From your news, dozens of Capitol Police riot helmets, anybody hear about this? Were confiscated just before January 6th, former lieutenant says. Former captain of police, Lieutenant Tariq K. Johnson, said he was ordered to collect 20 to 30 helmets by his immediate supervisor, Captain Ben Smith. Johnson said there was no explanation for the order, but he assumed the equipment was past its expiration date. A helmet is past its expiration date. The collection was done within two weeks prior to January 6th, most likely the week of December 28, 2020, to January 1st, 2021. The proper procedure would have been for the USCP Property Asset Management Division to handle the collection of the old equipment and issue new helmets at the same time. I don't do property inventory, Johnson said. So even when they were bringing me the helmets, there's no mechanism for me to give them a receipt anyway, because we never do that. So there was no proof because he wasn't in the job that required the proof. I've never seen that done. I've been there a lot of years and I never had to take helmets. Photographs and video from the Capitol grounds on January 6th show dozens of Capitol Police officers outside the building wearing USCP baseball caps or knit winter hats. They didn't have the helmets on. Some of the officers worked at police barricades where violence broke out. Videos show most of the USCP officers guarding the Columbus doors on the east side of the Capitol did not have helmets or face shields. Agitators attacked Capitol Police with pepper spray and projectiles before the crowd entered the Columbus doors that led into the rotunda. They set up their own Capitol Police. You bet they did. From JTM, plainclothes cops at Capitol during January 6th riot, one on video exhorting crowd, key lawmaker says. They have it on video. The Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. has confirmed to Congress that it had plainclothes officers at the Capitol during the January 6th riot and that at least one was captured on video exhorting the crowd. Representative Loudermilk, Republican from Georgia, the chairman of the House Admin Subcommittee on Oversight, said in a wide-ranging interview that MPD body cam video that leaked onto the video platform Rumble is authentic and confirms that officers in plain clothes were at the riot. We know that it is one of their officers, and at one point he is encouraging, and it appears he is encouraging. He's definitely helping people climb scaffolding. And he's telling them, go, go, go. From Bloomberg, Germany warns of industry shutdown if Russian gas stops flowing. I remember when Trump told him this was going to happen and they laughed at him. Germany may be forced to wind down or even switch off industrial capacity if Ukraine's gas transit agreement with Russia isn't extended after it expires at the end of next year. 
Despite the full-scale invasion of the country by Kremlin forces last year, Ukraine is still earning transit fees by allowing Russian gas to flow through its territory to countries like Austria, Slovakia, Italy, and Hungary. They're still getting revenue from Russia, who's bombing them. <laughs> Even if some supply continues beyond 2024, it's unlikely that the current transit agreement will be extended under similar conditions, given the lack of political support. Tell me this is not a completely bizarre world. Completely. Climate Depot. Climate Depot. Only one sausage per month for everyone. German Nutrition Society recommends over 90% reduction in daily meat eating to combat global warming. The German Nutrition Society now recommends reducing meat consumption to 10 grams per day per person to combat global warming. A sudden and radical renunciation. The average meat consumption of Germans is 109 grams per day or about 763 grams per week. The population will therefore have to drastically change its eating behavior if it agrees to comply with this new strategy. From the National Pulse, Washington, D.C. hits 100 annual homicides at fastest rate in 20 years. Breitbart, 13,000 Chinese migrants apprehended on U.S.-Mexico border since October. One congressman, I read the article this morning, said that he is absolutely certain they are sending agents from the CCP through the border. From the Western Journal. Proof it was a setup. Proof. Trump was the first president of the United States in 40 years who feds did not help archive classified documents, attorney says. They helped every one of them. They voluntarily went to him and said, you are transitioning out of the White House. We are here to help you in that process. He's the only one in 40 years they didn't do that for. Who said it? Adam had one command and he failed. Jesus had all of the commands and he prevailed. Charlie Garrett. You... (laughs) You obviously don't pay attention during sermons. Please leave the building. I wasn't going to do that, but my friend Trent sent that to me, and he said, here, question for the week. And I, I thought, okay, well, we'll see if you guys actually pay attention. But I like being compared to Spurgeon. Thank you. Okay, I got a less Rick here for you. Let's see if you can figure what he is talking about. I believe that you heard it here first. Germans want to see warming reversed. They are stark raving mad about what's good or bad. It's not good at all, but the worst, W-U-R-S-T, worst. Yes. Did you read about the Dodger Stadium? Yes, I did. I had that sent to me so many times, I didn't include it, because when I get something 800 times, I never include it, because that means everybody read it. Dodger Stadium is despicable, absolutely despicable. That's right. That's right. They're just having it for a big bunch of nobodies. That's right. Okay, I got a couple of ironies for you and we'll be done. First, from the Superior Word News Services, Washington State Director of Office of Equity fired for being a huge racist. Yes. And then from Fox News, California judge robbed of Rolex outside Oakland courthouse. That is swift justice. 
Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.